Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we got an exciting guest on the show and a personal guest on the show today. We've got Valentina Cherasola, who, of course, you know, uh, is uh, the uh, interior designer guru uh, as well as the columnist for the Philippe Matthews Show. And uh, today we're going to be talking to her about uh, many things, of course, interior design, but uh, her philosophy on, on life and uh, her fabulous cookbooks and, and all these great things that uh, she has to offer. Valentina, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Philip. How are you, my dear? I am fine, Philip. Thank you. How about you? I am great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. It is a great day just because of that. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for that. Hey, listen, how did you get started in, um, well, I want to start with, you know, how you got in, in, into interior design, but actually I want to talk about your childhood. You know, what part of Italy were you born and raised? How large was your family? What did your parents do, brothers and sisters? I like to get into the meat and potatoes of an individual. So give me a little bit of background about yourself. Well, I've, um, it is very simple. My life has been very simple, never been complicated. Um, I came from Italy. I was born in Bari, and uh, the Bari is a large city in the south of Italy. Uh, I would say it's a, uh, a little bit bigger than San Francisco. Uh, oh, okay. It's on, yeah, it's a big city. Um, it's on the Adriatic coast, so it's uh, beautiful, warm uh, palm trees because it's on the water, and it's, it resents the influence of uh, climates from Africa. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, yes, it's very nice down there. And um, my family is a simple family. My mom was um, a designer herself. She was in the fashion. She mm-hmm. had her own uh, studio of fashion uh, clothing. She made. She was a tailor and designed the clothes. So she had oh. also workers. She had about 20, 25 workers at a time for their were seamstresses, and uh, she produces all the clothes of our clients. Um, and my father was in a different field. He was a captain of police force of the city. Okay. And um, and that's it. He was the military of the family. And my mom was the artist of the family, right? How cool is that? So did you have brothers and sisters, or you? I don't have brothers. I have one brother and one sister. Okay. And they all live there, and I'm here by myself. Here <laughs> <laughs> in the U.S. of A. I'm in well, let's talk America. about that journey a little bit. How did you, uh, you know, when you were a little girl, were you uh, into uh, fashion and design at, at all? 
Well, that is a, a very funny thing because Philippe, my mom, uh, even though she was uh, in her own business, she never expected any of us to go in a private business. She wanted all three of us to study as far as we could have gone in school and then uh, go find a job that would pay a monthly salary. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. My mom said many times, the needle is very small but very heavy. I want you to do something different than what I do. Wow. And my father was obviously the same type because he was, um, you know, the head of the family. And uh, he didn't believe that artists in this life could make it uh, good when they're alive. Because, you know, in Italy, we've had artists all for centuries, right? Right, right. And, and we know the stories of many famous painters and sculptures. They became famous out of the dead. Right. Mm-hmm. And my father said, you're not going to be an artist when I'm alive, <laughs> because he didn't want to see me or my siblings to not to make it in life. He said, wow. you want to become an artist, do it after you have a job, mm-hmm. right? So, but that's the way things sometimes don't work. It is something that when you have a dream in your mind, you have to pursue it, no matter what your parents tell you. And my te- the parents, uh, the teaching of my parents was very good. The base was very good, mm-hmm. except that they didn't push me to do what I wanted to do, which was to become an artist of some kind, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, when I was young, I did not know what I wanted to do is to go, if to build homes, building, or to build dresses, or to just build food. I didn't know. I just knew I wanted some creative avenue in my life. Mm-hmm. So as a young girl in elementary, I used to copy all the very famous painters, and I used to paint really good because I trained my eyes to the details mm-hmm. all by myself. I was very young when I started to paint. I must have been six, five, six. Okay. And I I copied everybody's paintings, you know. All the copies that I had up to a certain age were all copies. <laughs> Never saw anything that I did on my own. Mm-hmm. That's because that was the launching uh, moment for me to to really understand how other people have done certain details and mm-hmm. how they, they did the lighting, how they did uh, corners and shades. and So I learned all of that by myself. Okay. And, uh, and then one day when I decided to go, I, this was after I became, I had, a, I had the first degree in political science. So mm-hmm. I did what my parents wanted me to. Mm-hmm. After that, I said, okay, now it's my turn. <laughs> so I went to school and learned fashion designing. Okay. So you started out in fashion design. And that's how I started out. I started out in fashion. and uh, But before that, I, my real career was to be an interpreter. That was, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I started my very, very first work, which lasted for many, many years. Was I was an interpreter for the NATO base. Wow. Yeah, and so because I spoke, I speak four languages, and so I did very well. But uh, it, it still there was something missing. 
so I found the job that my parents wanted me to find. I finished the highest school I could possibly finish, but there was something missing. I wanted to do something different, and that's why I went to uh, Academy of Fashion in Italy mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and became a fashion designer. And then I opened my company and. Uh, I had Atelier Valentina for 15 years. So um, that's what I did. I did fashion designing. And then how things evolve in life. And if you if you leave your doors open to all kinds of opportunities, things will happen. And so I had um, I had one of my Italian clients who asked me at one point to decorate a room, one of a big room for a party. And so I said, sure, why not? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And that room came out really well, but I was a fashion designer. I was not an interior. But mm-hmm. the room came out very well that when she had the party, all of her friends went, uh, you know, like, oh, who did this room? Did you mm-hmm. just do this room? No, like my fashion designer did it. Huh? So she passed my name around to a people. And I started to do decoration, just decoration alone for other people. And uh, and then one point uh, I said, okay, what if some of of this interior design work will take me to a higher level? Let's say they want me to open a wall, and I don't know what's behind that wall, and then I'm going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so I went to school again and and uh, achieved another degree, the degree in, in interior designing. And from that moment on, I was hooked on interior designing. So from that moment on, I've been doing buildings. I built homes. I remodeled wow. homes. I did a very heavier job than just decorating. Wow, heavier that's amazing. Job. Yeah. What an amazing story. So... Uh, how old were you when uh, I remember uh, us having a conversation a while ago uh, that you had uh, you met a client uh, who had a lot of homes yeah. uh, that uh, they wanted you to um, uh, design uh, here in America, yeah. and um, uh, one thing led to another, and you ended up here, and then ended up staying here. Tell us about that journey, and around what age were you when that when that occurred? Oh, that was. Um uh it was more than 20 years ago um i had this american client in italy who bought home and one home on the lake of como um where one of the after lately bought a home i think it was uh, i can't remember but that's okay it's, <laughs> he he's still there the actor is still there but mm-hmm. um so this American client wanted to uh, enlarge the rooms inside. Not to, he didn't want to do any additions or anything. He just wanted to make, wanted to make the rooms larger. And so we start uh, abating here and open there and uh, and everywhere. So the things that I do here as an interior designer here in the United States, let's say I wanted to do that same remodel here, it would have took me no more than four or five months. Over there, it took me two years. But Explain only, that. I remember us having that conversation that there is a different, is there a different uh, culture or work ethic, if you will, from uh, Italy versus America. Talk to me about that. I thought it was fascinating. And that is uh, the typical um, Italian life. It's uh, Italian life is very, very busy. 
But if you compare it to the way Americans work, it's much slower. And then I'll tell you why. It's slower because at 1 o'clock everything must close down and everybody goes home to eat, okay, yeah. home to family. In the north of Italy, they have about two hours of break. In between 1 to 3, it's a... It's no business anywhere. No store is open. The only uh, places that they're open are coffee shops and tobacco shops, and that's it. So if you want to smoke, you can go to the tobacco shop where generally you can find newspapers also. So I could have a cigar and coffee there during exactly, that time. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we're going to switch, uh, Valentine. I think I'm going to move to Italy. You stay here in America. <laughs> It sounds like my kind of place. <laughs> I know, I know. And it was my kind of place, too, when I was there because I, that's the life I lived, right? Now, I lived in the South also, and uh -huh. in the South is from 1 to 4 that you do absolutely nothing. So it's four hours of your day that you choose to do something else. You go eat first, then you take a nap if you need to, or you exercise, or you paint, or you study. It's just four hours that is quite, it's quite hours, okay, and no business. Wow. So imagine, it, I, my workers start at 12.30 to go home at 1, okay? My wife is waiting for me at 1 o'clock. Goodbye. So all the workers closed down, and, and they didn't return in the afternoon, especially in the winter when it's uh, darker uh, earlier. Then uh, they would come back until 3, and that's it, maybe 2 o'clock, and they were done. Mm. So the construction site, it was never, uh, it could never finish. It's like, okay, we're going to be here from, from now to 2030. Oh my goodness! You know, but so we finished the house in two years. So, aside from the lunch hours of every day, then there is there are holidays. There are a lot more than there are here, mm -hmm. uh, because it's a it's a Catholic country, so we respect the religious um, holidays. Mm -hmm. And the civil holidays, the ones that mm -hmm. the state will, you know, impose, like President Day or Constitution Day or, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot more holidays than you do. And the summer times is summer times. There comes June's that, uh, June, July, and August, people are on vacation. And in August, everything shuts down completely. Nothing works. Is that right? Yeah, nothing works. Nothing, nothing wow. open. August is for tourists. August wow. Is tourists in Italy, you don't see the Italian. <laughs> 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 they're they're all at beach if they are local. If they're they're taking vacation locally, they're at the beach. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. So, so as a result of that work ethic, you really it was really strenuous for you to grow your business and 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 uh, uh, and to and to do your business. And also, I would assume there was a you know a sexist issue between you know the male workers and 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 you being the female boss. Yes, absolutely, it was. I remember times when uh, um, I would give um, something to do to a guy, let's say an order. It's like uh, John, do this here, please. We need to do this today. And he would say, yes, yes, senora, si, si, senora. And three days later was not done mm. because he had to ask a permission to, 
to resolve that problem with my order, you have to have the permission to maybe the master uh, or the architect or the formers on the job, you know, a, a male. But wow. because I was a female, I was like, okay, maybe she's not telling me the right things. <laughs> wow, amazing. But when I came here, it was different. You know, the same thing. I gave the same order to the same person. I mean, like, don't do this. I said, yes, ma'am. And three hours later, it was done. So, you know, this is why it's when this American client in Italy asked me to come to United States with them, him, his wife, and kids, you know, they were, everybody was there in Italy. So we came we came back together, and he put me to work in his homes. I saw a real difference, not only in planning of work. You know, here everything is done. At the end of the day, we have made made progress. Mm-hmm. There are uh, goals to be reached every day in the construction. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have got to do this. The electrical system is all going to be done today. Tomorrow is all the doors. The next door we have the windows. You know, everything is planned and programmed, and and it's done. And so being a woman here is not a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. Women here can do anything they want, I think. You know, I've seen women in the construction site in the street. Mm-hmm. Five ways, mm-hmm. three ways. You will never see that in Italy. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. And so what so what inspires you to you know, now you know, here you are here, uh and you're obviously making a go of it and you're and you're becoming uh extremely successful. Uh, I guess the question is, is how do you keep it fresh for so many years? I mean, it's only so many doors that you can put up. There's only so many walls that you can put up. And <laughs> what do you do that inspires you to uh, inspire a client uh, to to uh, a possibility uh, for them? Well, it's the same thing probably you do in your uh, profession. You constantly looking for new content and new people, right? You get mm-hmm. ideas how you're going to bring forward your program every day, every month, right? You have mm-hmm. different ideas every time. Mm-hmm. Same thing for me. If I'm stale, uh, I cannot go forward, that's for sure. So mm-hmm, I have to, mm-hmm. it's not inventing, it's just come up with uh, the right choice for that person because not all the choices are for everybody. Sure. So let's say I want to do a red environment, a red, a red space for you one day. I cannot propose it for another person because maybe that person in red it gets erratic, you know, it gets, uh, it's it's a nonsense for that other person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, keeping it fresh means understanding the client. That's the only way. I've actually learned to listen, and not just to listen the words that the client uh, talks or speaks. Um, I've learned to listen between the feelings, Sometimes a voice can betray something else or can mm-hmm. hide something else, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's get, sometimes I have to be a psychologist, too. 
it's really getting to know the person down deep and understand what is that it bothers them for certain things or what is that they want in certain other uh, way. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not too long ago I had a young uh, girl, uh, uh, not, uh, it wasn't a girl, she was uh, uh, middle 30s already. She had one four-month baby as her child and two other boys, which were, the oldest was 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And so she was never telling me that those two boys were not hers, but from they came from her husband's previous marriage. Mm-hmm. Right? She did not want to tell me. But uh, between the conversation, me and her and the husband, I understood that there was something there that I needed to know. And then I found out that these two kids were not her kids, and she had no uh, weight in their life because she wasn't the mother. Mm-hmm. And every time we had to make decision about these boys' rooms, she had to ask her husband. And I was wondering at one point that I said, why can't she take a decision as much mm-hmm. as she does with other rooms? With these two rooms, she has to ask her husband. And so by, I wouldn't say I had the pride, but I, they, I have my way to let them talk. Mm-hmm. And so I need to know if I need to help you in improving your life and making a change in your room, in your in your house, mm-hmm. I need to know what's behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so once I realized and I found out that her two boys were not hers, then it was easy for me to operate with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's my my thing. I think I keep it fresh because every client is a fresh canvas, you know, and so I can yeah. paint around their feelings. Who are and, some of your mentors, uh, you know, that, that inspire you, uh, you know, in, in your philosophy of design? And let's talk about that uh, in a moment in terms of how they have you grow up philosophy. Who, who are your mentors? The, my mentor, it was really um, a, f- a funny thing because it is a word that I've learned here. But uh, involuntarily, uh, when I grew up around my mother and her textiles and her fashion design, mm-hmm. I always looked up at other people in the fashion because that was the the world I lived in. Okay. Know? Sometimes I was under the table of all the seamstresses reading the magazines that they've left there, you know, uh, around their lunch hours or something, or playing with the fabrics and and seeing somebody's face, um, you know, on somebody's, on on magazines Mm -hmm. attached to some fabrics. And so those my mentors were the people in in the fashion, you know. I, I, I loved to read their successes, their non-successes in, in their life, like Coco and Valentino and Armani. And there's one lady, Vivian Westwood, that I really liked her. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. British and very extravagant and uh, um, Karl Lagerfeld. Also, a bunch of people that I admire for what they did, and you know, their lives weren't easy at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's say Valentino was not always Valentino. You know, sure. there is a, a step, 
in everybody's life that they have to, you know, go over. And so those were my inspirations. But when I came here, it's just like everybody almost became my inspiration. Mm. I really understood the the uh, meaning of mentoring. And uh, my parents were my mentors because they were close to me, and they were mm-hmm. my guides and my directors. Mm-hmm. You do this, and you, that's all you do, because I tell you so, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there sure. was no other way. But here, it, it was different. Here, I learned many, many other things. I learned about uh, about gratitude. I learned about um, um, business with spirituality or... Um, um, you know, things of business and, and spirituality for me is like never, never even mentioned when I was uh, making my businesses and when I was studying. Absolutely never. And well, that's I, interesting. How, what? Uh, uh, how, how did you develop your 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 spiritual philosophy? How did you get introduced to it? How does it affect your uh, daily life and and and, and business uh, and creativity uh, now. Well, um, the first thing that I understood, at least on my own, is that uh, um, it is exactly what Mother Teresa said one time: "With two cents and God, I can do anything." Mm-hmm. So that's the the first thing of my. Uh, uh, understanding of how to go by in life. It's if you have a, a, a super power around you, whatever you want to call it, you want to call it God, you want to call it Coca-Cola bottle, whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's your own credence, it's your own belief that if that supreme power is with you every day and there is a guidance, there is someone that guides you that you can talk to, mm-hmm. that's the first step in life to to do good. And in fact, I have to tell you something. I did make a joke at one point in my life. When I want to talk to this supreme being, you know, that to me is a god, but to other people could be something else. So when I want to talk to this person, I have the number one. That's my line with it, with my supreme being, okay? Mm-hmm. I dial number one on my telephone. You know, my telephone, I don't push the button talk. I just push one, and that's my direct line to him. Mm. And then I talk. I talk with the telephone on my ears. And this, that number one goes directly to him. That's amazing. And, <laughs> And that was for a long time was my joke, you know. Oh, I I have my direct line with God. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do, as we all do. That's fantastic. I but like it that. It is true. Even. It is true. I did that for a joke, but then one day I tried it, and this and this is a real a real thing. I tried it. I did what I t- I told you that I picked up the phone without pushing the the button talk. I just pushed number one and started to talk. So, in that moment, I was telling my Supreme Being, my God, I was telling Him what I wanted. And, look, I have, uh, like, we call it chicken skin on my, 
Goosebumps? Goosebumps, yes, yes. I have goosebumps. <laughs> because everything I asked in that, during that, that call, I received it. Mm. This is really true. I received everything that happened that I asked in that call. So that's my first thing, is believing that there is someone in life that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And um, aside from friends, obviously, and family, those are the immediate and tangible uh, entity of anybody's life. That's my support groups, right? Uh, but then there is the spirituality. It's something that you don't know where it is and what it is as long as you believe it's there. Mm-hmm. And it's always there for you. Yeah. That's my first thing. And then, you know, there are all the other things, the, the gratitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really realize, um, compared to other people, if we really look back at other people in our lives, uh, in, 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 in general, in lives, we look at what we have and look what other people don't have. Mm-hmm. And then there is, should be always a moment of gratitude to say, well, thank you for what I have and for what I've achieved and, uh, and try to do better. You know, that's, and then when we do better, we can also help other people. Absolutely, absolutely. That's fascinating. I, I you know, I, I think that, uh, so, so, you know, this is how you bring, you, you obviously bring this to uh, your, your work and integrate that, uh, uh, integrate your spirituality with uh, your interior design. Yeah. How do you choose, do, do you use your spirituality to choose if a customer is a good fit or not? Um. There actually there is no spirituality. There is a a technical part of me that knows exactly when and if I want to work with a client. Long okay. time ago, I took some courses about um, who I am. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, some uh, what do you call it? Uh, I had a heritage profile done on, mm-hmm. on myself. Mm-hmm. To discover who I am and um, and how I can use my strength to help other people in in my business, I have to help other people because they come to me for help. And what are my weaknesses? Mm-hmm. Knowing all of this from heritage profiles, then I was able to understand others. I was able to understand other people's personality. So if you want to sell, you know, in, in my business, I'm in the service businesses. And the service, to serve someone is nothing else but selling, okay? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. That's the way it is. A service business is first selling and then serving. So by knowing who I am and knowing how many other personalities are out there, that are conflicting with my personality or not, mm-hmm. it will be it makes it easier for me to to sell to them. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that is a very technical thing. When I have a client, I always have a either good feeling or a gut feeling that tells me this is not so good. Better let it go. 
Mm, fascinating. How do you how do you educate your clients on budgets? Because I I, I would assume uh, you know interior design to fit, you know on very different levels. But even I would assume at the most minimal level, it's quite expensive. And I, you know most people don't know you know how to how to negotiate that. What right. uh, speak speak to us about that? Well, a budget it's really a negative word. Because um, if you budget your food, you know, at a, your monthly bill for food that you can uh, buy, it's limiting the pleasure of eating. Mm-hmm. If you budget yourself for clothing, you limit yourself in, let's say, you want, one day you want to go to an opera and you must have a proper dress. The next day you want to go to a cocktail. You must have a proper dress, and uh, or next day you have to go to the office and this and that. It's limiting your life if you're budgeting your clothes. It's like, well, I cannot afford the dress for the opera, then I might not go, right? It's the the word budget is very limiting, but yet people are afraid of disclosing their budget because. They think, hmm, if I give her all my budget, she might spend it all. Okay? Mm-hmm. So my philosophy is uh, different. I talk about investment. So I always ask them, how much can you invest in improving your life? Mm. So when you see it as an investment, it's not so bad anymore. And actually, budget do need. I do need to know a budget because I don't want to be the idiot that goes over the budget, and then they don't have any more money to spend, and then leave the job undone. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely a no-no. I want to know what is the limit, and so I can work in that limit. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But by using the word investing. Is the same as when you invest in your food, you invest in your health. So when you budget for your food, you should invest in your food. Mm-hmm. And that's, that way you invest in your health and in your well-being. Same sure. thing is investing in your clothing. Investing in your clothing, you buy only the pieces that are good to go for different many different occasions, and you mm-hmm. can mix and match with a few other pieces that you can go from the office to the opera or to a cocktail party. And it's not so limiting anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the same thing is for the interior. If people un- understand the difference, and they do, when I put it this way, what can you invest in improving your life? It has a totally positive sound. And so it's easier for them to, to tell me because based on what they tell me, then uh, it's absolutely um, my goal to give the results they want in between, in within that budget. And so that's, uh, at the end, it's always happened that people tell me that if you do this job in a certain time and in certain budget, then we give you a bonus. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's another thing for me to strive, is that bonus, right? And so 
it's it's the it's, this is my way. I don't know if this will work for other people, but this mm-hmm. is my way and has been working for me. So. That's excellent. I I love that because it is an investment in self, and especially when you're uh, taking on something where you're saying, "Hey, I I don't have the ability to design this house or to design this room mm-hmm. or to remodel this." This uh, particular aspect of of my life, and and it, it's not about a budget. It's about an investment. These people are going to live their life uh, in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so I, I think that's fantastic. Now, what I want to ask you is, before we continue, is we've had a great conversation here, but I want people to be able to find you and know where to go and and, and look you up. What is your uh, address, and how can people get in contact with you? My web address is www.valentinadesigns.com, and that's my, it's very easy, it's Valentina, V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-A, designs, plural, dot com. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, now let's let's talk about um, your cookbooks, because I think... You know, one would say it's a little oxymoronic to be an interior designer and then uh, write a, you know, write a book about recipes and cookbooks. But in actuality, they do kind of complement each other uh, in a weird sense. Can you speak about what the what what your cookbooks are and why you decided to do that? Uh, yes, this is a funny story, but nonetheless, is a very, very good story because when I came to the country, to this country. People started asking me, oh, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Bari in Italy. I said, oh, where? Oh, Bari is in Puglia. And and they said, oh, okay. It's like they they keep asking questions, where and where is it and what part is it <laughs> in the north? You know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's not a bad thing that people don't know where Bari is, right? And I don't mm-hmm. know where uh, Poughkeepsie is, for instance. So I'm saying <laughs> something. Oh, <laughs> I don't know some of the small city, right? Even mm-hmm. though Bari is a large city, but it's not well known because it's past Rome. And travelers, when they go abroad, just like me, when they go abroad, they go to the main places because time is limited. Mm-hmm. And they go visit the most important things. And what's not important, they leave it out. But nonetheless, they miss it. So they miss Bari for many, many, many reasons. Mm-hmm. Now, so when I realized that uh, not many people knew about Bari unless they went there for taking the, the board the uh, uh, ferry boat that took people to Greece, then they would know where it was. Mm. Um, so after I realized this, I said, okay, I've got to do something. Maybe this will be my next uh, project or my next life but I need to do something and, and try to put out this uh, culture out and put out the um, my roots and let people know that be, besides Rome, I mean below Rome, there isn't Africa, there is the rest of Italy that has to, that has to contribute to the history of the country mm-hmm. and many other things that people need to know like the food. The food that we eat in Puglia, in, which is the region where my city comes from, where it is mm-hmm. located, the the food of that region are very healthy because it's mostly based on 
fish and uh, vegetables because we have a lot of vegetables in that area and olive oil and uh, grains. So it's okay. very healthy. It's part of the Mediterranean diet that is the healthiest of the Mediterranean diet. And the food are very fast also. Food is fast to make over there because it's hot. People don't like to be around stoves for a long time. So the food is prepared in a very quick, very quick time. And they're always very fresh. So mm. I said, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to create my own economy, okay? And I uh, said, so I don't want to hear about people not knowing about uh, Bari or Puglia. I don't want to hear about uh, the economy not doing so good. And, mm -hmm. like, who am I going to sell these books to if people don't have any money, right? Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to create my own economy, and it's going to happen. So I did. I published the first book, and then I published the second book. And they're all about Puglia and all about healthy eating. And what do you know? These books came at the right time because are making people saving money on the grocery bills because they don't have to go out to restaurant to Italian restaurant to eat Italian food. Mm -hmm. They can cook from my book and have healthy meals. They're fast to make, not expensive. And mm -hmm. in fact, as I said in parts of the book, you don't have to go to Paris to find one ingredient. You can mm -hmm. find it at a local store because they're all very common ingredients. And some of the recipes are just 15, 20 minutes long to make it. And so, like, who doesn't have that much time right, mm -hmm. to cook? Mm -hmm. So the books have really opened other doors for me that I could not open before because now I am doing events for the book, which are selling really well. And uh, I sell through the events. My books are on Amazon, so they sell through the world. Uh, and I don't know where they're going, because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can buy from Amazon. And so it actually is helping me as a designer to be, because I, I design kitchen. That has to do with food and kitchen design. Of course. It's one thing. In mm -hmm. fact, there was one person who gave me a review. He said, now from being an international uh, uh, kitchen designer, she can now design your palette. <laughs> nice. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> to me, are related because... If we eat well, I mean, what I eat and I eat well, it, what it, it produces in your face. Mm -hmm. And then the good positive comes in, good positive energy goes out, and it shows through my face. I'm always happy. I'm always um, smiling, and uh, I don't let anything bother me. And that has to do with food. That way I can continue with my designing work in a very harmonious way. There is mm -hmm. harmony between my work and my food and what I eat and what is in my brain and in my stomach. And so I want other people to feel the same and the same positive energy. And I think I, I've done a very good job in uh, making these two books and now is the the, the uh, time to make the third book, which is, I'm, I'm already writing it, I'm almost finished, with the design book, and it's going to be on color. Oh, nice. I can't Colors wait. 
all about colors, colors in our lives and how colors uh, affect us from food. I will touch color on food again and uh, color in fashion, color in astrologies and all kinds of things. It's all about color. Fantastic. Well, Valentina, I absolutely adore you. I'm so honored that you are uh, contributing to the Philippe Matthews Show. Uh, Everybody loves your work and loves your articles and columns. Uh, (laughs) And I I urge everyone listening uh, to this interview, to this call, you know, go to ValentinaDesign.com, get uh, a copy or two, uh, of uh, her her cookbook, it's incredible. It's an absolutely incredible, uh, 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 you know, cook. Both of them are. And what I, what I would recommend is getting more than one because then you can send it to your friends and family. It would be great for the holidays because the holidays are coming up. So it's yeah. a fantastic time to yeah, do it. Definitely. But guess what? You know, healthy eating is healthy eating all year round. Yeah. So I just think that you're uh, the absolute best. And and I'm working uh, toward uh, uh, bringing you in to uh, do some interior design uh, and and designing my life. So I, I'm I'm happy because I've got an interior designer uh, on speed dial <laughs> from Italy. <laughs> so I am honored by you, my dear. Thank you so much for you for, for speaking me. with me and sharing with me today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And if you notice, you notice the the title of my second book is Sins of a Queen, right? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you the story about the sins of a queen. Most little girls, uh, uh, they always uh, dream of being the princesses, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Dreaming of the first uh, wedding dress and all, all that stuff. Well, I really never was allowed to dream I had to be an adult even when I was a young kid, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, be serious, go study, oh, do something. Uh, and <laughs> I wasn't allowed to dream as a dreamer. But in life it's very important to dream. And the most important dreams happen when we have our eyes open. Okay? So our dreams come when we are daydreaming. And those daydreams will happen if you... Uh, attach the action to it and then by dreaming of being a queen of some type I became the queen of my life and (laughs) I titled the book the second book is Sins of a Queen but of Mm. course my sins are all about the kitchens (laughs) (laughs) of course all about the the food sins that I have (laughs) (laughs) So, I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. At least I became the queen of my of my life. That's I, right. That's right. <laughs> so. And I I I will cons- I would go as far as to say I, I will consider you the queen of interior design as well. <laughs> yeah, that too. Because I have no plans on quitting that profession. I'm just having too much fun. That is awesome. And and when you don't really understand. When you finish working and when you start playing, I think uh, you have achieved a good success. Mm, that's me, a very good point. You know, to me, if I have to get up every morning and say, oh, my gosh, I have to go to work, you know, that it wouldn't have been a successful life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, that is a very good point. 
not knowing where when I stop working and when I uh, start f- having fun is the best result uh, that I could achieve for me. That has been working for me very well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Valentina, again, thank you, my dear, for being with me. Thank you for sharing that fascinating story of your life and your philosophy of interior design and fabulous cookbooks. Uh, what i like to do is invite you back uh, when you have your uh, design book, and uh, let's talk about that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And, um, um, give, no, me, uh, give me your address once again uh, for people to uh, be able to get in contact with you again. The design, the design uh, site website is www.valentinadesigns.com, and then I have the books uh, site. You want that too? Sure, absolutely. It's Valentina www.valentinaexpressions plural expressions dot com. And uh, there you will find all my my books and blogs about the books and other things. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, my dear. Well, you have a phenomenal uh, remainder of the day. Thank uh, you. Looking you forward to more contributions uh, to the uh, Philippe Matthews Show. As I said, she has a phenomenal column uh, on the Philippe Matthews Show, uh, the PMShow.tv, uh, that uh, airs uh, every 15th of each month. Uh, and so look forward to that. And Valentina, my dear, take care, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Philippe. You have a great day. Thank you for having me on your show. It is a real honor. You got it, my dear. Can't wait to have you back. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Ciao.